This episode of Talk of the Devils is sponsored once more by Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform helping you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit 1 million orders phase. Yep, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling ETH style turtleneck sweaters or blueprints for brand new stadiums, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Plus, you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. And what's more, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 support is there to help your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Now, because you listen to Talk of the Devils, you can sign up for our $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash reddevils, all in lowercase without any spaces. So go to shopify.com slash reddevils to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash reddevils. The Athletic. Well, that sure was 90 minutes of football played on a Sunday. Hello, listener. I'm Kyle Anker, and welcome back to Talk of the Devils, the Manchester United podcast from The Athletic. Manchester United nil, Liverpool nil, United still top, but wasn't a thrilling game. Let's just get into it. If you talk of the Devils, these two people will appear. First up, it's Laurie Whitwell, my fellow Manchester United beat writer for The Athletic. Laurie, how are you? How was that game for you? Hi, Kyle. Yeah, um... Probably a little bit more positive, I suppose, than the new sound. Um, I mean, yeah, the first half aside, you know, that was that was kind of uh, the worst fears realised in terms of United not, you know, looking confident and Liverpool very much the better team. But I thought the second half they actually grew into it, and you know, the the, the way that they attacked Liverpool made sense to me that they, they carved open the, the opportunities and, and those two chances. I mean, I think Bruno is probably a bit unlucky if he if he kind of scuffs the shot and goes through Allison's legs. It's it might you know could could easily have been a goal and, and Pogba catches it really cleanly and and just put straight at him but yeah I don't know I'm I'm kind of a bit more positive thinking it's probably one point game but it's very very close to being two points lost just because of the way the game went and the fact that United actually had two proper chances to win it it was a game that sparked into life a bit more after the 65th minute but I did spend a lot of that going Thiago's really really good in midfield anyway Time for me to introduce the other guest. He is editor of Unite We Stand. He's a contributing writer to The Athletic. Once again, the new edition of Unite We Stand is currently in stores. It's got a lovely front cover of Scott McTominay. He's all over the world, and I think right now he might be back home. It's Mr. Andy Mitten. Andy, how are you? I'm okay, mate. I've spent too much time in Liverpool in the in the last month, and I appreciate you mentioning United We Stand, saying that it's in stores. I just wish some of those stores were open, which, <laughs> which we sent uh, copies to. I'm okay, I mean... Similar to what Laurie said, um, I feel a little bit disappointed. First of all, I spent most of the day being really nervous, uh, and and Manchester United Liverpool does that to me. And then the game started, and I was nervous pretty much throughout, especially in the first half hour because Liverpool were the better team. But United grew into it, and they had the best chances. I would have accepted a nil nil before the match. I certainly would have accepted United being above Liverpool in the table and being top of the table. But you always want that little bit more, just poised, ready to go up for a late winner at Anfield <laughs> and just go absolutely mental. Go on, pop and put it in there, or Rashford give it mm. to Cavani. Mm. And I, I like it and hate it that football does this to you. And Liverpool's home record is brilliant. I think they've won thirty six out of the last thirty eight home league games, but they're struggling to score. And United do have those dangerous players. 
And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm more relaxed now talking about it than I have been at any point throughout the day. So <laughs> maybe a, maybe a little bit of relief. And if United can win at, win at Fulham, then uh, I think it'll be a decent point. It looks like it might be a decent point. But before we get truly into that nil-nil draw, before we get started, if you are currently listening to this podcast and you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, then why? Especially when we've got a brand new deal running throughout January that you can subscribe to The Athletic at a special discounted price. You can enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from some of the very best football writers around, including Laurie, Andy, Oliver Kay, Adam Crafton, the likes of Daniel Taylor, and there's some other sports involved as well. So you can also get stuff if you're interested in the NFL playoffs or if you're interested in the return of NBA basketball. You can enjoy all of that for less than £4 a month by going to theathletic.com slash manunitedpod to sign up. That's theathletic.com slash manunitedpod. Right, that's that order of business done. Let's get into Liverpool nil, Manchester United nil. Like Andy, I must say, I was really nervous for the majority of the game until I saw the lineup and I was very much like, oh, interesting. Solskjaer went for his uh, 4-2-3-1. We had the McFred pivot. We had Paul Pogba on the right-hand side. Marcus Rashford on the left. Anthony Marsh out front. Uh, Laurie, what was Oli like talking about the starting lineup he had? Yeah, I asked Pogba about... Uh, sorry, I asked Solskjaer about Pogba starting on the right-hand side and he just said um, we thought it would work well and he, he said it did work well. I'm not sure it totally did in the first half, but certainly second half where he became more influential. Obviously, that's where he got his chance, you know, arriving into the box from the right, having given the ball to Wan-Bissaka. So I think that's a fair point. Certainly, Solskjaer always looks at his side and I think he does quite like to throw a, a bit of a surprise in there just to keep the opposition guessing a little bit. That is a, a key pillar of, you know, his management that he, he does like to change it up if he can within, you know, his usual structure. But it was a surprise and, and I do, but I do enjoy, you know, when the lineup drops. I wanted to ask your opinion when, when you mentioned when you saw the lineup drop and I was doing the, the, the Q&A with um, subscribers, which is always really lively. And uh, when it was revealed that you know Eric Bailly was on the bench and Victor Lindelof was starting the the sort of venom that was was projected over that decision uh, I just couldn't quite understand because yeah it's a definitely a debatable one but um, you know to sort of say that Lindelof would would therefore you know shrink and, and, and that would be Liverpool's way of attack you know w- you know in comparison to Eric Bailly seemed a bit odd and and you have to say Lindelof played really well there was that clearance uh, in the second half at full stretch that then allowed United to counter for that chance that you think uh, Rashford should have uh, you know, put Cavani in for. Um, although I, I was watching that again and, and I think Fabinho does really well because Cavani's run is, is superb and you do, it definitely was open there for a pass from Rashford at that one, one moment. But I can also see why he, he decided to use it as a decoy run and, and, and it was just that Fabinho managed to adjust himself so well and, and you know, force Rashford wide. But, um, so I, th- but I thought Lindelof played well um, and, and I thought... Yeah, I thought Luke Shaw played really well, actually, as well, and another good performance from him. A lot of what he did was with confidence and, and maturity. You know, he didn't. He came one 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 v one with Salah quite a lot of times, and often would would be the one coming out with the ball. Obviously, he was you know doing the overlap for the for the cutback for Bruno, surging forward in the first half a couple of times. The best moments were from him in the first half. So I could see what what Solskjaer was was going for. You know, keeping it tight. 
60 minutes, then put Cavani on, give them something else to think about, Liverpool. And, you know, like I say, it nearly worked because it, it did suddenly change the momentum of the game and, and, and Liverpool were perhaps a little bit caught um, off guard. Um, but no, Solskjaer, to be fair to him after the game, was was, was critical, you know, of the team. He wasn't like he'd, he'd seen a different match to any of us. It was, it was very much, we can do better. We didn't have enough confidence on the ball. The passing was loose in the first half, um, you know, but seeing it as a positive that they were disappointed with the point away at Anfield you know as Andy says they're so good at Anfield I know they've had a little bit of a dip recently um, you know West Brom game was obviously a, a glaring example of that but they still are unbeaten since 2017 April 2017 at Anfield so to sort of expect United to go there and win is probably the wrong way about it I think you can certainly be disappointed that they didn't you know given the chances they created but you know I, I could see what he was doing with the team lineup, and, and you know, I could see also what he was what he was doing with the substitutions this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra the official beer sponsor of the NBA want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob Ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an NBA game and more head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events we've got the spot Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It was a bold starting lineup and some really good performances from Victor Lindelof and Luke Shaw in United's defence. I'm not going to say the thing I like to say about Luke Shaw anymore. Um, Andy, I want to get your opinion on this game. Liverpool have been undefeated in 68 games at Anfield. Was this a chance to scupper that record? Just remind me how tall Luke Shaw is before I answer the question. Uh, according to stats on the Manchester United and Premier League websites, Luke Shaw is six foot one. I still I'm still not having Luke that. Shaw. I, yeah. I he's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> he, was, he was really good today. He was, really, he was the best really player good. on the pitch. And, and and if you're having a vote on player of the season, I think Bruno would get it. But I think Luke Shaw is a, is a proper contender. And now I've just mentioned Bruno, I thought he was really disappointing, uh, it, which surprised me. Now, he, he, we've got to cut him a lot of slack because he's transformed Manchester United. But the best players have got to show up in, in the biggest games. And I thought it was one of his poorest matches, although he did have that chance where he side-footed the ball. Uh which was well saved by by Allison. I think in hindsight, yeah, of course, you go to Liverpool, they've not been scoring, they've got their defensive injuries. I thought their defence actually played quite well. Liverpool threw the kitchen sink at United, as they do every single year at Anfield. And there are many reasons for that. And I remember speaking to uh, Jamie Carragher about it and, and him saying it's because the, the pitch is so tight. Uh, it helps us. And United aren't used to it because Old Trafford's bigger and that wasn't something I'd, I'd heard before. But United were dogged and pretty persistent and had a couple of breaks before half-time. Always looked dangerous on the counter. Offside far too much. Marcus Rashford was, was offside four times in the first half alone. Liverpool weren't shy about fouling the United players as well when they were breaking. And sure, man of the match, Lindelof... As Laurie says, before the match, I would have chosen Eric Bailly, but 
I've got zero professional experience in coaching a football team and I'm not Manchester United's manager. And I think you've got to say that Lindelof justified his place. He had a mm-hmm. decent game. United's defence, a second away game, another clean sheet. And there are nervous moments, but they're always going to be. It's football against a, a team like Liverpool, who, who are the champions, stuttering champions, but they're still the champions. They're still so formidable uh, at home. So, yeah, uh, 20% of me is a little bit disappointed because you'd think if United would have just nicked one or Pogba would have put that chance in, then you're starting to think there might be a chance of winning the league here. This is how league titles <laughs> are won here. You know, starting to believe and this is getting better and better by the month, but it wasn't to be. And maybe that's more of a realistic measure of of where Manchester United are at, just as that defeat at home to City uh, a few weeks ago was. City had the edge in the small margins, which Ollie always talks about. They had the best defender on the pitch in Ruben Diaz. They had the best midfielder on the pitch in Fernandinho. And I don't think there was, I thought a draw uh, against Liverpool Anfield was a fair result. I thought United, after half an hour, were being completely outplayed. But by the end of it, they created the, the, the best chances. I'd like more from the players up front. I don't think Martial has found the form that he had at certain times last season. I like Cavani when he comes on. I think he offers something different. And 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 Rashford, I, don't, I felt that if Rashford would have had a great game at Anfield, you're thinking, yeah, he's moving towards that world-class level. But I don't think he did. And there's plenty of times where he's, he's had good matches. But if this team actually properly sparks all of them, which it hasn't really done, even though the results have been good, I don't think there's been many brilliant performances. Maybe that leads one at home. But Leeds are like playing wacky races. You know, it's just a, just a mental crazy team to play against. So a, a little bit of, of regret, but nah. I was saying throughout that game, just blow the whistle now. I'd settle for nil-nil. Nil-nil will do. Nil-nil will do. But I'm a complete hypocrite because when you get the nil-nil, you're like, ah. This looks like it'll be a result that will either look better or worse in hindsight. Manchester United after this will play Fulham away from home on the 20th and then will end up playing Liverpool again next Sunday in the FA Cup fourth round. A couple of stats more on this game that happened on Sunday. Uh, Duncan Alexander pointing out that Manchester United end up with 16% of their total Premier League offsides just in the first half. I believe it was seven offsides in the first 45 minutes. So there was definitely a game plan there, particularly Marcus Rashford trying to run at Jordan Henderson. They didn't quite come together. And I decided just to look at the starting lineup from the last time Manchester United went to Anfield and just realised Manchester United went to Anfield last time playing uh, three at the back with Anthony Martial and Daniel James as your split strikers and Andreas Pereira as the 10. This team's come a long way in a year, but how much further can they go by the end of the season? Uh, This is going to be the big question going forward. Can Manchester United genuinely be in this title race and can they win the league playing this way? What do you think, Laurie? Um, They can win the league playing this way because, you know, they're away to the champions. So, you know, you you can't sort of measure all the matches by that score when, when they've played against... You know, certainly since those opening, those sort of crazy opening weeks, um, since they've, since they played against the, the teams you'd expect them to beat, they've they've beaten them. So if they go throughout the season doing that, they they will have a really good chance because you know City and Liverpool won't get the kind of crazy totals that they have done um, in previous seasons, and, and they will drop points. So um, yeah, they, they can play. You know, they go away. You know, United won the title many times under Ferguson, losing to Liverpool at Anfield, losing to Liverpool at home. So it's not. You know, to 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 say that you know because they didn't win this that, that you know 
undermines any hopes of a title um, chance. I, that's not the case, but it, I suppose it does. It does just re, you know remind people that they they do have you know strides to make, and, and if they are able to win the league this season, it probably will be a case of seizing a fortunate moment in time. You know, I don't think anyone at the end of this season will will really say, you know, United are the best team in England, even if they end up finishing top, just because you'd still have to say that, that Man City and Liverpool are ahead of United as, as a club and as a team. Um, so, uh, but that being said, it was a mature performance, I thought. You, you mentioned that that game uh, last season and 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 the fast start that Andy mentioned as well, and it felt like you know United were clinging on from from kickoff, and and to be fair, they got back into the game, and and you know it, it was close for large parts until Liverpool made it too late on, um, but the, the time before that, you know, uh, under Mourinho, three one. You know, it felt like light years between the teams, the, the approaches that they took. So I feel like it was a, another indication that this is a you know a proper team, a, a professional team, maturity. That they didn't make any mistakes that I can recall. Really, there was, as, as Andy says, there was a couple of moments that were a bit hairy. You know, when you've got Salah running at them at, at full speed. But I, I felt like overall it was it was a confident display, a sort of a, a unified one. Um, and listen, on another day, it could have been a late you know John O'Shea style winner to really set the set the amongst the pigeons and suggest that United are one of those teams that can just grind out the wins. Yeah, so it's 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 sort of a result and performance that you were probably expecting, hoping for better, but but realising that this is about where United are at. So if that's enough for them to win the title, I don't know, but I don't think it's any major black mark. I think it's probably a tick overall. I enjoyed that little, yeah, ah. Sound effect you did. It's there, a classic. It, yeah, it's, because it's, I think that is Manchester United. This, yeah, I think that's yeah. Manchester United right now. There are a team where if you ask people, are they title challengers? You have to make a <laughs> sound effect. We are recording this immediately, pretty much immediately after full time. So as we're recording this, I've just been informed that Kevin De Bruyne has assisted John Stones for Manchester City's opening goal against Crystal Palace. Andy, you spoke a little bit earlier about Manchester City and how they're beginning to look really good. I think the bookmakers and a few of our athletic journalists are beginning to say Man City are the favourites for the title. Where do you stand on all this? I think they are favourites. They've probably got the best player in the league, the man you just mentioned, Kevin De Bruyne. And they've got the experience of, of winning titles. I think we saw with our own eyes at Old Trafford that they can beat Manchester United uh, at Old Trafford. And they're favourites. And United. I don't expect United to win the league and Sort of kicking myself even even I'm saying this because fifty percent of me really secretly believes that it's going to happen. But it's on. Really, this is the thing. Yeah, it's exactly. really on. And I want it. I want it to happen. And coming from where the team were, I don't know before Southampton away, when you mentioned bookmakers, it was like thirty three to one, something like that. And United have done really well to get to the top of the league. I mean. if City, I keep seeing this word ominous attached to City, and I can see why because. They've got it in them to go, you know, twenty games unbeaten, but they haven't done so far, and that's why they've been below United in the league. And they have been struggling uh, to score goals, and Liverpool have also been struggling to score goals. So it needs to be more of the same from United's rivals, as Laurie said right at the start. No one's getting that that daft points total of last year or or the year before. And just a few breaks. I remember Leicester beating City away on the way to winning the league, and really sort of sitting up and thinking, wow, that's the type of win where you win league titles. And there would have been one 
if United would have won at Anfield, I would have probably felt the same way. United need to keep getting the breaks, need to avoid the serious injuries, need to avoid being afflicted too much by, by COVID because it's hit other teams uh, worse. And then I feel most conflicted about what I want United to do in the Cups. Not that um, how I feel has got any sway in what actually happens. I feel that if United were to win the Europa League or the FA Cup and finish in the top four and get more points than last season, you could say, here's an improvement. You know, 10 more points than last season, finish third, finish second and won a, won a Cup. But those Cups are going to be very demanding, especially the Europa League. And when United won the league in 93, for the first time in 26 years, it was partly because, I think, uh, there, were, there was no Cups to be distracted by. United went out of Europe in September, out of the League Cup in October, I think, uh, out of the FA Cup in the fifth round stage. And, and that left you with a sort of clear run. And I've always said I want United to win, go, go for it on all fronts, but last year the team came up short ultimately. And would it came up come up short again in, in those semi-final stages? Of course, we've got Liverpool again in the FA Cup. So a lot of what I'm saying might be redundant well, even one. in, in, in one, a Andy. week's time. You know, Jurgen Klopp, not a big fan of domestic cups. He was more likely to rotate the Liverpool side next Sunday. So this won't be the full strength Liverpool team in theory. You'll probably see more of Divigor Regan. You'll probably see more of Oxay Chamberlain and James Milder. So should that give United more impetus to go full strength in the FA Cup? Or would you prefer Bruno Fernandes to be rested and say Donny van der Beek given a run? United will will also make changes because he's always built a squad to, to make those changes. Uh, I, I still think the FA Cup is is worth winning and hope I don't regret saying that. But I think trophies are really important. And I think Jose Mourinho talked about the value of trophies. He, he called them titles. Even the Community Shield, he, he called it a title. And... Winning a trophy would be a big lift, especially if fans are going to be allowed back. Uh, a Europa League in Gdansk would be brilliant um, for the fans who would go who go to the matches. Uh, a final at, at Wembley would be brilliant as well. But if that means that it really hampers United in the title race, well, it's something unforeseen because I didn't expect United to be in a serious title race. So that's why I feel conflicted about, about the whole thing. But would I be complaining if United smashed Liverpool 4-0 in the FA Cup next week, play, playing a, a really strong team with Bruno Fernandes playing every single minute? Not at all. <laughs> I'm going to throw this one to Laurie. I want your opinion on the next two games over the next week. Liverpool most likely rest. Fulham are getting better, but mm. surely a rested United team can beat Fulham? Where do you stand on all this? Yeah, Fulham have, have have been decent actually. I think so. Five draws in a row, isn't it? So uh, you know, um, did well against Spurs coming back. Played quite well in the second half. Um, he will make changes, won't he? But you know, you look at the bench that he had today, and he can make those changes, and you still feel like it's a strong United team. You know, Eric Bailly might come back in. Edinson Cavani might start. Mason Greenwood might get more than three minutes, and and Donny Van der Beek, you know, might get some minutes at all. And you have to say that all you know four of those players, I think United fans would be very happy with, and you'd, you'd feel that they you know feel confident going into that game against Fulham. So. I'm sure he'll make, you know, maybe three, you know, four changes for the Fulham game and then probably more for the Liverpool game, you know. He's sort of caught, you know, between, you know, a rock and hard place with, with who he picks because he has got, you know, dual um, ambitions. But, um, I mean, this is why he's bought, this is why he's got uh, strength in depth, you know, to make these changes. And, and United should be able to, to beat 
you know, Fulham um, with with a yeah, as you say, with a few changes and and then going to the Liverpool game with a bit of momentum. Listeners, make sure you tell us on social media what you'd like to see over the next two games this week. There's just a terrible part of me that thinks Bruno Fernandes looks like he could do a little bit of rest, mm. maybe a half hour substitute appearance, and maybe this would be a very nice time to integrate Donny Van der Beek. Solskjaer said that in the um, post match press conference that yeah, that's why he took him off. I mean, I, I don't know if if three minutes saving <laughs> on normal time, um, you know, to take somebody off is, is enough, you know, to to save their their legs, but doesn't look like Bruno Fernandes wanted to come off did it so um, it's one for Solskjaer to, to balance for sure he did not uh, he's, he's just picked up player of the month Premier League player of the month meaning he got back to back giving him now four Premier League player of the month awards so far I think the record is seven with Sergio Aguero but Bruno Fernandes now on four although he might look a bit knackered elsewhere in Manchester United business Manchester United's women's team they were top of the league and they were playing a team second in the league in Chelsea uh, and they unfortunately lost they lost 2-1 to Chelsea uh, Frank Kirby from Chelsea returned to the Super League this season after a spell of illness last season is well on the way to proving herself as one of the best players in the Super League so Chelsea defeated Man United 2-1 with goals from Pernell Harder and Frank Kirby although Lauren James did score a little bit of a beauty if you can check that one out it's on the Super League website right now all Super League games should be available via the player on the FA website uh, Manchester United's women's team are now in second place tied on points with Chelsea but Chelsea have a game in hand we'll have more on Casey Stoney's side as the season progresses other than that we're going to keep this one to a fairly punchy episode because it's getting late on a Sunday I know Laurie's got a fantastic lasagna waiting for dinner uh, I'm currently battling a nut allergy and Andy probably needs to go somewhere else in the world to interview a fantastic football player so I think we're going to wrap up this episode listeners please do get in contact with some questions for our next episode and please do tell us your opinions about what sort of team you'd like to see in the games going forward this week other than that it's goodbye from Laurie goodbye guys cheers for listening goodbye from Andy cheers lads cheers everyone for listening and goodbye from myself thank you for listening to Talk of Devils we'll be back sometime next week The Athletic.